Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Five Things Podcast. It's me, Kenny. I'm here with Beth. Hey, Beth. Hi. How's it going? Oh, you know. And I'm here with Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hey, Kenny. Amanda and Beth, you know what you can do next week while you're not working? Think of new ways to greet you on the podcast each week. <laughs> that You could do that. Or... You could catch up on Gray Matter, a podcast about ideas. Uh, both seasons are available wherever you listen to podcasts. So, you know, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher. I don't know. Our producer, Joey, knows where you can listen to them. But wherever you listen to them, you can listen to Gray Matter. Check it out. It's one of my faves. Just ask my Spotify unwrapped. All right. Well, with that, we're going to dive into the five things. This week, we're going to be talking about TikTok testing three-minute-long videos, ooh, Twitter expanding hate speech rules to include race, finally, Instagram testing three guest live streams, cool, Facebook announcing a ban of COVID-19 vaccine misinformation, it's only right, and then the Facebook cryptocurrency project has changed its name again. So with that... Beth, why don't we kick it off with TikTok testing three-minute-long videos? Yeah, so that's kind of the the jam. TikTok is testing um, three-minute-long videos, which right now you can only upload a one-minute max-long video, which has kind of been um, what some people think is kind of the secret sauce to TikTok is the fact that not only are the videos short and easily digestible, they're also it kind of forces content creators to fit their idea into a minute, which makes them, you know, interesting, short, a lot of times witty. Um, So there's like any update on social media, there's mixed reviews about this. Um, There's a lot of chatter about this bringing TikTok closer to YouTube and um, the ability to watch like movie trailers or full makeup tutorials. And then there's also some interesting conversation about does this leave TikTok to be able to fill Quibi's space that it created um, and then didn't fill. So I think it's interesting. You know, people tend to not like any change on platforms. For example, when Twitter doubled their amount of characters. Everyone was a little up in arms about it. It's turned out okay. So it'll be interesting to see how those three-minute videos perform and if they decide to roll this out to a bigger, aka the entire TikTok audience. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think I think comparatively to the Twitter character count change, it didn't really change the world. I don't know that this will have a huge impact I mean, you think about IG stories, which technically the video is 15 seconds long. But if you wanted to, a different platform I know, but if you wanted to have a minute and a half, you just bop them right back to back. So I think it's interesting to see if, if and how creators will leverage two more minutes. I just don't think it'll really change the game. I mean, I, I just that we're like on this pendulum of... Short, long, short, long, short, long. And it's like constantly moving back and forth. And I'm just like, okay, stop with the testing. 
the channel is good. Like, don't screw around. Not It's like these channels feel like if every day they're not moving forward or like changing something, that they're not progressing. So I, I just, I don't know. Try it, test it, see what happens. But I love the length of TikTok videos. I love just going on, watching, swiping, watching, swiping. It's it's really my greatest form of escapism. Um, and all this feels like is a slight pander to the advertising community to allow people to create longer content because they can't create within the frame that they have already. Um, so, you know, I, I'm a big fan of TikTok and I love what they're doing and I like the value proposition for advertisers and marketers in general. This one just feels like it's unnecessary. But I don't think anyone needs three minutes of a vertical video either. It's like, well, it, who do you think TikTok sees as their competitor? Is the question. It's like the, the big Q. Well, is it the rise and fall of the Quibi? Is it YouTube? <laughs> is, is YouTube the competitor? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a YouTube play. It, it YouTube used to not allow videos longer than ten minutes, and I think a lot of the original YouTube content was kind of in that three minute range. So, can they steal some of the shorter content from YouTube? I mean, this is also what Reels is doing also, right? Like, I just, no one's using this feature and it just keeps showing up on platforms and I don't understand why. <laughs> yeah. Take a hint. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's move into something. This one's long overdue. We, you know, I think if we look back at our 2020 pods and I know we're coming up on 50 episodes, we've been, we've been busy bees. Um, we've talked a lot about systemic racism. We have talked about uh, how social media has fostered division, uh, especially leading into the election um, and the channel's inabilities to regulate and monitor hate speech. Uh, the second thing this week is that Twitter expanded hate speech rules to include race. Uh, and that's a really, you know, it's long, long overdue. Last year, Twitter banned speech that dehumanizes other people based on religion. Um, and then they updated the rule in early March to talk about age, disability, and disease. Um, so now it is uh, the fact that they are banning all hateful language that dehumanizes people on the basis of race, ethnicity, and national origin, um, which feels like duh. Um, you know, it's it comes after a long year of civil rights and advocacy groups forming uh, coalitions together and and pushing uh, pushing the channels to make these changes, and they're they're happening at a snail's pace, and it's long overdue. Uh, I, I think for people who would be listening to this podcast, why this matters is you want to communicate with your audiences on safe platforms. You want to communicate with your audiences on places where they feel like they can be their true self um, and and really connect uh, with one another in, in a human way, in a respectful way. So I have felt that all along, Twitter has been moving faster than some of the other channels. I mean, not as fast as, say, the Reddits of the world, which were just, you know, light speed and, and designed to feel that way, uh, but certainly faster than Facebook. 
Um, and I think if we look at what Twitter has done um, post-election in calling people out on their bullshit and saying when things are fake, uh, they really are trying to to advance these safe and, and um, well-monitored platforms. So I think good on Twitter. Uh, not much of a discussion uh, unless Amanda or Beth have anything they want to they want to throw out. But it, it seems like this one's pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah, this is great. I think your point is for marketers is that um, you never want your ad to show up next to hate speech when someone's scrolling, and so this does make it not only a safer place for the community that uses Twitter, but also kind of reduces some of that risk of marketing on the platforms. But yeah, it's, it's great. Good on Twitter. Good on Twitter. <laughs> Bully you or whatever they say, whatever people say, whatever Ron Swanson <laughs> used to say, trademark NBC, sorry. Um, <laughs> all right. So our third thing this week is that Instagram tested three guest live streams. So Amanda, what does that mean? Wow, you took all my thunder. Um, Instagram announced this week that they're testing three guest live streams. So in the Indian market, which apparently I think uses Instagram Live 60% more through the pandemic than the rest of the year, um, they're testing an IG Live feature where instead of having two hosts talking one-to-one, you can have three hosts. Interesting addition. I've I wouldn't have thought of it. I didn't know there was a need case for it. But I think the other piece of context that's helpful is that TikTok is is banned in India most recently over the summer. So this is clearly Instagram trying to understand, is there a world in which they can get some of that market share and you know pull, pull themselves up to the top of the use there? I don't know that three people hosting an Instagram Live is the equivalent of replacing TikTok in, in an entire country. Um, Curious to see how it goes, but I I don't, again, not groundbreaking to me. And I think there's already some issues with Instagram Live. It's it's pretty low quality. There's usually like a little bit of a lag. I don't know if adding another guest host is going to solve any of those problems. Curious to see what they do, but I don't think this is the most exciting update we've had. I think this is a huge opportunity for the five things. Instagram (laughs) Live in India. What do you guys think? (laughs) Three hosts. Sounds right. Our podcast producer is very upset about that. It's like, shut up, Beth. I mean, it is like, when you think of it as a marketer too, obviously there's content series, there's podcasts, there's things that you can do with with three hosts. I just, there's so many platforms that you can host something with that are so much better than Instagram Live that if you were going to do anything that is, you know, any more produced than sitting on your couch and deciding to live stream something... I don't know that you would choose Instagram to do it. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> Just what we need. Another platform for you to hear us talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. I think we've hit that one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so Facebook announced the ban of COVID-19 vaccine misinformation. Beth, this is right in your wheelhouse. Let's hear it. This is. So thank goodness. Um, Facebook is going to ban all misinformation. It's part of their misinformation kind of campaign that they're on to reduce misinformation on the platform. But misinformation regarding um, the COVID-19 vaccine. I think this is great. Um, You know, 
Gray's working right now with some COVID-19 vaccine work. And, and one of the things that we're really up against, right, is the cultural narrative around vaccines and kind of all the misinformation that just come with vaccines. Um, so this is, this is a big deal. It's, but in true Facebook fashion, um, they are going to be kind of slow to identify misinformation. They're only taking down posts that have been proven publicly by um, health officials to be false. And they, they are taking down things like Bill Gates is going to put microchips into everyone using the vaccine, like some of the, the true conspiracy theories that there is no validity to. However, um, some of the more like speculative things about the vaccine and what the side effects could be, um, I, it'll be interesting to see how they, they deal with that. Um, it'll be interesting to see the role that uh, public health officials play in kind of combating misinformation to directly impact what Facebook can or cannot flag as misinformation. I mean, I'm glad they're doing it before the vaccine's available. At least, you know, that's the pro here. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm i just concerned. I mean, look at what they did through 2020, through the election. I, they did better this year, obviously, than, you know, previous years. I'm just, I hope that they stick with the amount of integrity that this kind of practice and, and policy needs. It's so, it's like, it's lives. You know what I mean? Um, it's terrifying mm -hmm. to think about how much power sits on those platforms. Um, but I, I will be watching closely to see. I'm curious if they can get on top of it. I will be watching mm -hmm. closely. I'll be watching I will Facebook. Be I know they're scared now. Closely. <laughs> Five things is watching. <laughs> My God. Um, all right. Well, uh, I think we've we've hit that one. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see yeah. how Facebook continues to just try <laughs> they've had they've had quite the week I, I think we're it's it's about to change big time for them yeah. and you know it's it signals a broader you know at the time of the recording of this podcast there will be news coming out about uh what's going on with um congressional action taken against uh the facebook company and what that means for us so mm -hmm. very curious to see where this all lands um, which leads us to our final thing, um, which is it's a little complicated. So if it sounds like I'm reading, it's because I took notes to make sure that I don't mess up sort of the, the move here. So Facebook has this cryptocurrency project. It's changing its name again. Uh, and there's a reason for that. So here is what happened. Uh, Facebook launched a cryptocurrency called Libra. It was governed by the Libra Association, and the wallet in which you put your Libra was called Calibra. Then there were some issues because uh, major financial institutions like Visa, MasterCard, PayPal backed out of the Libra Association. So then Facebook changed the name of the wallet from Calibra to Novi. Uh, as a means of trying to distance itself from uh, the Libra Association. So just to clarify, Facebook's cryptocurrency is called Libra. 
the digital wallet where you keep Libra is called Novi. The independent group that was overseeing the project was called the Libra Association. This is where the change is happening. So they are now calling themselves DM, D-I-E-M, like Carpe Diem, uh, to talk about seizing a new day and going out there and trying to continue to distance itself from Facebook and the original association. So for those of you keeping score, it is Libra, the currency, Novi, the wallet, DM, the association overseeing the currency. And I think in in light of the recent news uh, that we just talked about with what sort of the uh, monopolization of the of the social media space and and what that means financially in terms of what Facebook is doing, this is a this is an important step if this is to become a, a uh, widely used crypto. I am by no means a crypto expert. We are actually going to be talking to someone. Uh, later this month about crypto uh, as a part of our five things special, which you'll hear all about. Uh, Very excited. But it is very interesting to see the steps that Facebook will be taking to create some separation between its entities um, as they react to this congressional ruling. Um, So interesting, not much for marketers uh, to, to be uh, concerned about with something like this, but just very interesting. update on the crypto Facebook front. Beth or Amanda, what do we think? (laughs) It is very interesting. I think given the news and what happened, what would be yesterday from the time of this recording with the congressional FTC um, kind of antitrust hearing that's happening, I think this this will be an interesting story to follow. Again, I don't know that there's much for marketers, but there will be if Facebook has to sell off its mergers. So more to come, I guess. Yeah. And and to your point, Kenny, like widely used, everybody has Facebook. Like theoretically, a DeFi from Facebook would be, you know, groundbreaking, but there's so much work to be done on the like consumer trust user you know, behavior, someone saying, I want to put my money into some kind of Facebook entity that that has seven different names. I'm just curious to see how they roll this out to people that they actually want um, to be using the crypto. Yeah, It's going to be a wild ride for them next year. I'm very uh, interested. It will be interesting to see how they handle it. I think now any merger, they're going to have to give the FTC the heads up that it's coming. I mean, it's going to change the game. Do you know what else is changing the game? At the time of this recording, Taylor Swift has released yet another album. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's called Evermore. Uh, It is the sister album to Folklore. Did she really? And it is the fact that she turned 31, which is her favorite number backwards, was why she felt the need to be releasing so much new music. Uh, You know what? I dig it. She is she is breaking the commercialization of you need to have one album and it comes every few years and it's got this ramp up. Like she's just releasing music when she feels it. I kind of dig it. Yeah. I mean, some of us sat on our couch this year and Taylor Swift wrote a ton of music this year. I think it's great. <laughs> some <laughs> of us became, some of us got really good at Fortnite. Some of us right. have watched a ton of British people baking and Taylor Swift is just making new albums. Whew. Yeah, this is no reflection on you at all, Kenny. 
No. <laughs> okay. That's I'm not a Taylor turn. fan, but I mean, I'll get in my feelings sometimes and give it a listen. But yeah, I think you're right. I, I love when the music industry starts to shift more towards the independent model. And I think that that is the future going forward. Um, I'm excited that she's... She, and you have to do it at a level that she is at for the rest of the artists to be able to have that kind of um, option and ability. So she's a yeah. big... She's a big... She's a great person that in the music industry that I respect for that. Same. Yeah. Mad props, T-Swift. Mad props, T-Swift. Friends of the pod. She loves us. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually saw her Spotify, you know, wrapped, and, and we were yeah. in her top podcasts. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Don't fact check it or anything. We, if we could have a disclaimer now, podcast. Right. Um, as our president <laughs> tends to do, I'll do this little move. I heard from someone that. <laughs> I don't know who it was. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, uh, if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, or if you just want to say hi to Beth and Amanda, you can email us at podcasts at gray.com. That's podcasts at gray.com. Really excited uh, to share some exciting content with you all in the weeks to come. Stay tuned to hear what that's about. And we hope that you all had a great Thanksgiving and are gearing up for a restful holiday season. We certainly are. So with that, we encourage you to stay safe, stay smart, stay social. The Five Things are written and researched by Andrew Patti and Grace McDougall. Produced by Joey Scarillo and Danielle Hunt. Mixed at Gramercy Park Studios. Additional support by John Jenkinson and Christina Hyde. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Check out more at gray.com. Um, all right, everyone. Here we go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it just, it literally was like on, on here. Sounds right? like a symphony. This is my life. <laughs>